Friends, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Eco Christian Podcast. I'm Caleb, and this here today on October 4th, 2023, we're not only launching this podcast, but today actually is also the launch of the One Home, One Future national campaign. Is the first of its kind an opportunity for any faith organization to work together for climate and environmental justice. It's so cool, and Carol is here to tell us all about it. Also, we'll learn about Blessed Tomorrow and how you can become a climate ambassador. So I hope you're ready to explore a little bit more about what it means to be Christian on planet Earth. All right, friends, I'm here with a good friend of mine who does very similar eco-theology work in the world, uh, Carol Devine. She is the director of Blessed Tomorrow, which is, quote, a coalition of diverse religious partners united as faithful stewards of God's creation. So a wonderful organization that we're going to hear more about in a few minutes. But uh, how are you today, Carol? Oh, I'm just so great. It's so great always to be with you, Caleb. Thanks for inviting me here. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought, um, yeah, there's 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 lots of things that I thought was the writing on the wall to uh, have you on the show today as, as part of this launch. But uh, we're going to get into that. I thought... It might be fun. So you're you're in Kentucky, right? I am. It's a gorgeous okay. day here in Kentucky. <laughs> I'm telling you what. Once you hit the fall, that's mm. like peak. That's that's peak moment. So maybe we could start uh, letting listeners hear a little bit uh, about your own eco Christian journey, as I like to call it, because uh, you didn't necessarily start this journey doing uh, right ecological justice work with a national crew, uh, right? That's that's not necessarily the starting point. So take us on that journey uh, for a minute, if you would. Yeah, thanks. I, um, I, I, uh, I won't give the long version of this story, but I'll give the short version, which is uh, I was blessed to grow up with a grandmother and, well, two grandmothers and mother who uh, who trained me to care about creation, to be connected to. So I always was, I would call myself a tree hugger, but that was literally sometimes garden lover. That was, uh, you know, I grew up, we didn't have air conditioning, played outside, very connected to the natural world. So I would always say that I have just really had a strong connection as we all really do to the out of doors. And, um, but I never heard a single sermon, never had a single Sunday school lesson on that. It is our call that this is part of how we live out our faith. And so it wasn't until, um, I was called to ministry And I should first say I had been accepted to the PhD program in education at the University of Kentucky, was planning to start, had my advisor uh, ready to go when I was called to ministry. And um, I came kicking and screaming like so many of us. That was not my plan. And there was nothing 
about a minister schedule that appealed to me, whereas an academic schedule is beautiful <laughs> and has the, the all the holidays off, you know, summers are optional and that really appealed to me. Plus I just love teaching. So um, I came to, to seminary um, just more of like, okay, God, you win. Um, more than like really excited to be there. I, I, I was willing, I guess. And, and then I took a course actually, an eco-theology course was offered and it uh, just uh, piqued my interest as a tree hugger. And so in that class, and I don't remember the exact date, but I remember the exact moment when in this eco-theology class, it all came together almost like lightning that this is why I was called to ministry. I was very confused first as to why would I be called to ministry and gave God lots of reasons why it wasn't a good idea. And so in that class, I realized that I was called to help other people connect their faith with care for creation, that this is what it looks like for us to live out our faith. This is where we can connect with the holy and um, that we're called to do this. And it's so clear when you read the Bible, uh, there's so many places that we can see that call and that connection and the fact that at the very beginning, you know, God's spirit, God's breath, goes out over the, the waters to begin creation, imbuing everything with sacredness, holiness. It makes so much sense when you're reading scripture. But if you have gone your whole life never hearing a sermon or never seeing that kind of action in your congregation, then um, it, it just, it doesn't make, you know, you don't come to make that connection. You see it as separate, I should say. I mm -hmm. saw it as separate. Yeah. I saw that the I chose to be vegetarian from a, a pretty early age because of my commitment to earth care, but I did not see that as part of my faith until seminary when I was like, oh, actually all of this is connected and this is how I'm living out my faith. And I want to help other people to understand that as well. Um, and, and so from there, I um, I began what is called Green Chalice, which is the creation care program of my denomination, which is Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And it didn't start out with any kind of desire for anything national. It was just like, this is where I'm called to be. And it felt so right. Mm. Yeah, that's great. That's really cool. Yeah, you... Uh... Man, the I love the, the descriptors that you had there and just sharing that story. And it was very concise. So I was I'm impressed. But uh, you know, that lightning moment, uh and sort of and sort of recognizing the holy, uh kind of what you said. I think those are great. Uh that's the, that's those are great words to use here in thinking about um connecting some of these dots that maybe historically a lot of us haven't connected before of thinking about um you know quote unquote holy ground and uh right. and all those connections so yeah absolutely so um and i know that we've talked some before about the the green chalice program and whatnot which are you still involved with that at all or i am i um i you know i will always probably at least be a little involved um but mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not the lead anymore i'm um i'm just a big supporter <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and to clarify for our listeners, that's a program where if you're part of the Disciples of Christ denomination, that you can get like certified as a green chalice church by doing X, Y, Z. That's right. uh, Which is really, it's a really cool model. That's right. And it's, um, we have, I don't know what the number is now, over 200, maybe near 250 uh, congregations, disciples congregations that um, have taken steps to live out their faith by caring for creation. And the great thing is there are so many ways that us as as Christians and that us as Christian congregations can do. Uh, there's not just like, you must do this, you must do this, you must do this. You don't have to have a recycling program, for instance. And for some people, that's like, ah, that's just like, so there's not a lot of energy and joy that comes from that for some people. So you don't have to do just this, this, or this. It's more about like, where's the spirit calling you? And how are you called to live out your faith in this way? Um, that, that people are doing amazing things, which is really cool. Mm, yeah. I think once, uh, you know, once you begin to connect a lot of those faith dots between, um, you know, the, the earth and, and Christianity and, uh, and it's sort of like a floodgates open and then you, you, you can find so many different connection points. I think at that, at, at that, you know, junction, to say like we can we can engage in this holy work in several different ways uh in a variety of ways really yeah and and i love just sort of the creativity door that begins to fling open there yeah um tell us about blessed tomorrow uh, when did when did you join up there and um what is it and it, if you know the backstory maybe you could share a little bit about how it came about and what they do yeah yeah, thanks. So I, um, I've actually Eco America is the organization, and Blessed Tomorrow is the faith program of Eco America. Eco America has uh, three kind of subject or sectors, um, and one of them is is health. Uh, one of the sectors works with health professionals of all sorts. One of them works with community organizations. Um, from mayors to any kind of organization that might be in a community that's not faith-based. And then Blessed Tomorrow works with denominations and faith organizations. Um, I first came to be connected with uh, Eco America in 2014. They actually found me. I'm going to guess by Google, but I don't know how, to be honest. I um, Because I founded Green Chalice and was leading that at that time and was also a full-time pastor here in Kentucky. And so they just wanted to interview me and learn more about how, how this all came to be. And, um, and then they asked for my denomination, would we be willing to partner with them? With other uh, with other denominations um, as well, and so I actually, you know, was as 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 a Christian Church Disciples of Christ representative partnering with Eco America since um, 2015, the very beginning of 2015, I guess, and um, and they really helped Green Chalice. They really helped me in my work in my denomination. Uh, uh, grow and expand. They really challenged me, like, how else can we be building this up within our denomination? And they supported me with lots of of resources and ideas and just encouragement. So uh, when the exec, the um, 
faith director prior to me um, felt called to another position, uh, they reached out and said, would you please apply for this? And so I did. So I've been here just a year and a half is the director of Blessed Tomorrow, but I have known these great folks since uh, 2014. So um, yeah, and and they're they're an organization that's just the whole purpose of us in all of our sectors is how can we support those who are engaged in creation care climate work. Um, how can, what resources can we provide? How can we encourage, support, connect, build uh, all of us together? So that's the point. The point isn't Carol or Blessed Tomorrow or Eco America. The point is all the folks who are doing the work in their area and how can we expand, scale that? Mm, that's That's great. Uh, and so they, uh, or you guys partner with, kind of on the denominational level, typically, is that how it works? Or I guess across other faith streams? Yes. So uh, any denomination, uh, we are multi-faith. So any denomination, um, as well as faith organizations. So we have, we kind of have both. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so uh, maybe we could linger here for a minute. Could translate that, if you could translate that for us a little bit more onto the local level and what that uh, what those resources look like uh, on, on a day-to-day -day basis or, or you know, obviously that could be different, different depending on who you're connecting with. But yeah, what does some of that look like? Yeah, so, um, so we, for instance, let me do an example of my own denomination because that way I can, can speak on both sides. <laughs> so for instance, um, the Eco America Blessed Tomorrow provides uh, Disciples of Christ, a climate ambassador training that um, mm -hmm. is is customized for disciples. So the training is going to be the same for any of our partners, except there's additional content that our partners can add to it if they decide to do that. And so if uh, if a disciple of Christ member goes and takes this training, they're going to see me um, as Green Chalice, and they're going to see us talking from that perspective and kind of giving like, why is this important for disciples? Um, so one of them is, uh, is training. That training is uh, on demand online, but also we do it on occasional, on occasion, occasionally we do it virtually as well live. Um, and then I've also, of course, done it in person. So there's that training. There's so many um, various resources, uh, quote unquote, paper resources that we can use within our congregations on various subjects. Um, the most recent one is on oceans and climate or the ocean and climate. So how, what do we as people of faith need to know about how the ocean is connected to climate? Um, and what do we need to do to help preserve, protect, heal the ocean and climate? So uh, we have lots of resources like that. Um, then we also have resources that help us engage and get started. Like, what do we need to do? But we really try to point everybody who comes to us, we try to connect them with, point them back to their own denomination if there is a program there. There are some denominations that don't have the blessing of 
having somebody um, who's able to lead in that way. And so then we try to fill in that gap. But for most of our denominations, there's at least some kind of program in creation care. And we're really wanting people to get more engaged in their own faith tradition while also looking out and saying, hey, we're in this together kind of thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I and I know I've I've seen some of the climate stuff before, and that just seems like a really cool resource. And it, so that's like a that's like a you kind of take this chunk of time commitment, go through these courses. And what are some of the things you're learning there? Is it is it more on the scientific side of of the information? So we're t- we're really trying to reach people who um, who don't have a lot of information. So somebody who has a degree in this might not find this super helpful, right? It's a four hour on-demand training. You can go fast or slow. You have six weeks to take it. You can do it all at once. And it gives the basics of climate science. What do we know from scientists? Um, It gives climate solutions. What do we know is going to work or is working in solving this problem? It connects climate with all the things we care about as people of faith, children, health, air, water, list goes on and on, poverty, all the things that we already really care about as people of faith. And it shows how climate connects with all of those issues. It really teaches a a basic about climate justice. What does it mean to center justice in our creation care work? And then it talks about how do we talk about this? Um, For a lot of us, a lot of people I encounter, uh, Christians in particular, uh, are not talking about their concern about climate change because they don't feel like they know enough. They don't have the confidence to talk about it. So we have a whole section in the training that's research-based about how do we talk about this. And hopefully at the end of that four hours, folks feel like they have enough information and the confidence to be able to talk about it with families, talk about it in their congregations, with their communities at work or or wherever. Because I think one of the things that's really sad to me, Caleb, is that I regularly come in contact with people who learn what I do for work, who say to me, I didn't know that any people of faith were engaged in climate work. Mm. We need that to not be a secret. There's a lot of us Mm. doing incredible things. People blow me away. Congregations blow me away and inspire me with what they're doing. And yet people don't know about it. So it's really Mm. important. Catherine Hayhoe says one of the most important things we can do is talk about it, right? Yeah. Yeah, most certainly. And I I would definitely agree with that. I've definitely heard that and, and, and seen uh, and had a lot of those conversations. And I think something like climate in particular, unfortunately, uh, there's a lot of uh, social media, there's a lot of mud in the water, I, I think, or it can it can be uh, when it comes to the thread of information. And so it is so important to talk with people um, such as yourself and and such as climate scientists like Catherine Hayhoe and other people like that there are, uh, you know, there are very, uh, there's concrete evidence, uh, you know, surrounding uh, this, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change and so forth and so on. 
but yet um i think uh you know i wasn't necessarily planning on, on going here but i feel like it's appropriate to wrestle with for just a minute up front a bit uh quote of the elephant in the room is the especially in america and obviously blessed tomorrow eco america uh, you know, there's there is some political division, obviously, around climate talk. I, right. I'm curious if you've seen any of that or experienced any of that or, or or what you've observed to be in your work and and talking with people of faith about this. Has it felt, you know, has that been the energy in the room? Has it felt kind of, you know, divisive? Has it felt like we're all on the same page. What's uh, I'm just curious about your experience there. Yeah, I think I think this is such an important topic for us for Christians. Um because like I said earlier, if we read holy scripture, if we sit down and read the Bible, we can't go too far without seeing that we are called that the earth that all God created is imbued with God's spirit and that it is sacred. And that we are called to care for it um, because it is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's, right? And so it doesn't really matter what um, politicians are saying. I hope that we don't look to politicians for our faith because they are not great examples of living out their faith on any side, on uh, Republicans, Democrats, or independents. That is not where we should go for how do we live as people of faith. Uh, so I think when we go to our holy scriptures and we really sit down with open hearts and have these conversations, um, it's pretty clear what we're called to care for and how we're called to live. My grandmother said to me so frequently that it's just like ingrained in me, um, waste not, want not. And uh, the idea is that we as people of faith, as followers of Christ, are not called to more, 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 more. Jesus never said that. As a matter of fact, he cautioned us about money um, more than anything, right? That, mm -hmm. that there's a lot of concern there. So what we're concerned, what we're called to do as followers of Christ is to care for um, the others, others in the world, even if they are our enemies. Uh, we're called to find Christ and the least, the lost, the broken uh, prisoners, we are called to um, have compassion and love and to live, I would say, walking gently on the earth and caring for all that is holy, which is all there is. As a pastor, I served a congregation that was um, more rep identified more Republicans. There were some Democrats in the congregation, and that's okay. That was okay. That wasn't a problem. I sometimes people would joke that I preached a whole lot about creation care, but um, <laughs> but I think they also understood that um, where I where I come from and how. Um, this is so important to how we care for each other, how we love each other. Um, one of my favorite, well, I have so many favorite texts, but one of one of my favorite uh, texts in the Bible is in Genesis 1 at the end, um, where when we look at where humans were created, we were created last after the creepy crawly things, right? We were created last. And I've always taken that to be for us to remember that all of the things that were created before us 
could do completely fine without us, but we cannot live without all of the things created before us. And so we need to come about our lives with uh, humility and, um, and compassion, love, gentleness. Uh, so I guess that was a little bit long-winded, but that's, that's <laughs> no, that's, that's I love that. That that's where I, I don't I don't want to get in political discussions with people and creation cares should not be political. It should be the center of how we are as as people of faith. Absolutely. Yeah, I I I say quite often, you know, I I almost don't like the term creation care because just in saying creation care you're sort of setting it aside as something that is separate or right. uh, like it's, you know, and I'm, I'm, I spend a lot of my time trying to resource and equip churches and things like that uh, around this. And, uh, and it can come across and feel like you're saying, okay, you, you got your Wednesday night thing in your youth and your women's ministry and all the other things. So add a creation care ministry as well as if it's just this other whole arm, uh, you know, rather than maybe we should just lop off that first word and just say, you know, this is just kind of about caring, uh, just care. Uh, because I think once once you sort of really peer into uh, behind that door, you see that, like you're saying, it's all interconnected. And, yes. and we are dependent upon all of these systems and ecosystems and creatures and creepy crawlies and uh, bi uh, microbiome uh, you know, and, and all the things like this is very, uh, and then it, it really, once you see that way, I think you realize that all ministry is creation care ministry because yes. we're yes. always interacting with creation and everything that you do, period. Uh, and, but two, man, like, isn't God kind of awesome? Like, like, oh, like once right. you like see how it's all just connected, you're like, this is way cooler than we ever thought. And the more that science discovers, the more amazing it gets. Uh, oh. right. And, and I, 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 I don't want to get off on a tangent at all, but I just going to say, that um, the more science discovers, the more we realize that the holy mystics and the authors of our holy scripture have been telling us this for, for centuries, right? Um, that science is, is showing us how connected and interconnected and dependent we are, and that we already knew that from mm -hmm. our holy scriptures. I just think it's... Oh, that, that our DNA is 99.9% .9 the same as every other person on the planet, even yes. those that we don't like, <laughs> and that we are more related to every single living thing than we are unrelated. It's just mind-blowing yes. and just supports our faith. Uh, and, and anyway, it's not new information. It's more like, yep, that's Absol what we've been saying. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh I'm gonna I'm gonna use this as a segue point because I wanna get I wanna get to sort of the the main event, quote unquote, of of particularly why I thought we should talk today. But back in uh was it February? Uh yes. in, okay, so back in February, uh your team graciously invited 
some of us uh, and my team to come and participate with uh, as an ecumenical gathering from all over the nation, uh, different leaders to come and, and talk about what Blessed Tomorrow's up to in this new campaign called One Home and One Future. It, anyway, before I get into that, I just wanted to share because while we're in D.C., me and my friend, we went to the Natural uh, Smithsonian History Museum. And of course, they've got all of the, you know, just these these mind mind blowing facts. And one of the ones I took a picture of, I was just scrolling here to find it, it says that we're 60 percent genetically similar to bananas. And yes. I thought, well, there you go, which is uh, which is why my my daughter eats like four a day. But um, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so I want to talk I want to talk about this. So, uh Blessed Tomorrow is launching uh when this episode is actually coming out on October 4th, a nationwide campaign called One Home, One Future. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, nothing like this has ever happened, right? That is correct. Um yes. So, when when I took this position, it's been a year and a half ago. The thing that I've been in, been working in climate and faith quite a long time. And as you know, you know, the clock is ticking um, and we have some work to do. And so I wanted to really think about what is it that we need as people of faith to lead and be seen as leaders on, on creation, care, and climate. And the thing that I saw, two things that have been missing. One I already named, and that's visibility. We cannot hide our light under a bushel basket, if you will, and we cannot hide our faith and how we live out our faith. And and, and so being visible in our leadership in climate justice is important. And the second thing is we had never um, really held hands with all people of faith that even if we disagree theologically, even if we worship differently, even if we call God different things and we have different modes of baptism and all the things, um, we all do agree that the earth is created by God, that it is holy, and that God um, gave us stewardship. The word dominion often gets translated incorrectly, but uh, if it, it, dominion means, you know, caring for, guarding. Uh, and uh, so we all have been given this. And so we can, can move forward together rather than me just working with disciples and you working with Nazarenes and everybody just in our own little towers. Instead, we can continue that incredible work and also say, all of us are in this together and what a mighty force we are when we all say we are people of faith who are moving forward on creation care climate justice together how powerful and also so this was just like where i really felt god and still feel god calling me but i've never done anything like this before right and so i i went to the great folks at eco america who have way more expertise on these things than i do and they said let's let's go but we need to be very methodical about it so in november of last year we brought together um the heads of many denominations i think there were 16 multi-faith denomination leaders who gathered around a table and just worked with us for a whole day answering the question, what do we need to lead on this issue? 
How can we work together? And the thing that they really called us to were a couple of things. One is the youth need to be center and leading us. We need to make space for the youth and acknowledge the incredible humans that they are and how smart they are and all that goes with youth. We need to uh, also have a multi-faith effort where we are supporting and cheering each other on in this work. And we need to really support our, our clergy or lay leadership. Um, they need more resources. They need more trainings, um, especially the ones, uh, those of us who went to seminary and never took a class on creation care or eco-theology or any of the various terms, environmental stewardship. Um, so we then took that and then held that gathering in February that you and a greater uh, group uh, attended in person in DC and also virtually online. And we took careful notes of all the things. And from that really listened that this has to be grounded in justice. This has to be uh, really geared generationally centering our youth. And this has to support our clergy and our lay leaders, our faith leaders. Um, and so from that, we gathered this small coalition. Well, we invited anyone, but we gathered this small coalition who helped us come up with all of the poor parts of this. So really, if you go to onehomeonefuture.org, which is officially launching today, October 4th, then you will um, see lots of stuff there. And all of that information has come through so many people who have said, hey, including you, Caleb, you, you, one of the things that you reminded when we looked at that website together before it was live, you said, well, people need to see right away that this is faith-based and right away on the very first homepage, you didn't necessarily see that. And we were like, oh. Caleb is so right. And so now on the first page, you see scripture references, and we're happy to add more scripture references um, as we move along because it is a living website. But um, we took very careful notes. And anytime somebody made uh, a contribution or a suggestion or whatever that might be, we took that to heart and have really tried to work with all of you to craft this, uh, this campaign that isn't Blessed Tomorrows. We are hosting it and trying to provide the uh, time and energy and a little bit of money for it. But this is a campaign of all of us. And as and I'm so excited that that a denomination or a congregation or could take this campaign and said, here is what I want to do with it. You know, that mm -hmm. this isn't like owned, <laughs> but all of us to to enter into and to live it out as we are called as people of faith. Man, that's what's up. That's so good. So um, so the hopes. So it's called One Home, One Future launching now and obviously we're on you you know this is this is the beginning of it that's right but i'm curious what your general feels are so far as far as the participation and how how you've seen maybe some momentum happen i'm curious also maybe you don't know this off the top of your head but like uh, you know how many how many denominations or or faith-based organizations are buying in so far i have been blown away um, and I think it's because um, my the folks at Eco America had ideas about how this needed to happen, which was not my own 
uh, wisdom or knowledge that we needed to go slowly, that we needed to listen and listen and listen. And that is what we've tried to do. Um, and so we have, you know, the Episcopal church, the evangelical Lutheran church in America, disciples of Christ, United church of Christ. We have the uh, African method Episcopal. African Methodist Episcopal Church. We have the National Baptist Convention, USA, um, and on and on and on. Mm -hmm. uh, UUA, United uh, Unitarian Universalist uh, Association, uh, as well as uh, Adama and um, another Jewish organization, Muslim organization. So we, I, I've been blown away that that um, once we write, we're methodical and slow about this and really listened and worked together, that all of the denominations have been like, yeah, of course. Um, National Council of Churches, I believe, was the very first organization to say, yep, we're in, which was really exciting. Um, wow. Because they represent 32 or 34 denominations, Christian denominations. So um uh, really excited because this isn't the, the great thing about this campaign is there are seven pathways for engagement for congregations and and faith leaders. So you don't have to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You can start at three or wherever you feel the Holy Spirit moving you. I always say this work is actually like life giving. Um, and and if we listen to where God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit is calling us, or, or leading us to engage, then we will, uh, we will have energy. We will have joy. Mm. Uh, this, this isn't to your point earlier about, this is really about care, mm. care. Yeah. Uh, what I say to pastors and, and pastors are, especially these days have so much, uh, on their plates and more importantly on their hearts. Um, and what I try to explain to clergy is this is not an additional thing. This is how we do everything. We preach about care. We teach about care. We worship. So I love that you framed it that way. Um, when we think about how we teach our young folks or engage in our prison ministries or all of the things. It is about care, right? And it's about love. So this is just how we do all the things we do, not an additional thing. Mm. Yeah, that's really that's really great. I, and man, it's beautiful to hear. I mean, how many campaigns or how many things like this can you name that's just like, it's like we've got Christians and Muslims and Jews and all this just across the spectrum and, and uh, right, thus one home, right? We got this one home and this one future. Uh, that we're that we're working together on, and and that's a beautiful and it's a beautiful opportunity, really, uh, that I hope listeners will jump on to connect with you guys. Um, so uh, maybe uh, so I say I'm a say I'm a pastor, just a Christian, or or help you know lead in the church some way. What would it? I guess what does it mean to join up with this campaign? What is it? Like, what does that require of me? Maybe you could just a couple bullet points yeah. there of what that could look like. Yes. So first of all, it is just saying I'm committing to, you know, let's say it's a congregation. I'm committing that this is going to be central to how we as a congregation live out our faith. But what that looks like for this church versus this church is going to be very different. 
Some of the congregations that have already signed on are brand new at connecting their faith with care of creation. Some of them have been doing this work for years and are ready for the next level. So it, it just means a commitment. The first 1,000 congregations uh, get a free banner and resource kit that's mailed to them. And they can put that banner, hang it in their church, uh, front of their church, and and just kind of visibly show this is this is important to us. The thing that's beautiful about that is there are people who drive by, you know, how many churches in 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 a day or a week? So many, and we know that more people are not worshiping than worshiping these days. This is a way for us to say, look, we are. Um, living out our faith in this way, come and come and check it out. Mm -hmm. Come and check it out. Come see what this is about. Come on in and worship with us. So it really is an evangelism tool in the best way. Um, this isn't just to get warm bodies in our pews, but for people to come in and engage with us uh, following Christ in this way. Um, there's, there's no one who's more connected to the earth than Jesus Christ, right? And uh, so following in his footsteps, by through this ministry of care. I mm. love, I love that. I'm going to take it from you, Caleb, because that's so good. <laughs> that's good. Well, you're preaching now. Uh, that's really cool. So uh, lots of resources uh, on your website. Uh, there's a variety of ways to engage with the campaign. And, and I think not the least of which you kind of enter into this uh, beautiful ecumenical uh, you know, across faith relationships with these other uh, gatherings of believers, and you sort of like lock, locking arms and and saying uh, th this matters, and That's right. because uh, and like you said er earlier in the in the show, right? That like you know, I mean, to be blunt, time is of the essence. You know, as a people, as a nation, uh, you know, um, as a world. Uh, for us right. to act on it. And unfortunately, um, the church hasn't necessarily been the quickest one at the table when maybe maybe we should have been. And so, and I think this is a beautiful opportunity that is, that's co-owned, I'm going to say, uh, yes. right? The, the we, like you're saying earlier, I think that's the, that's a very important takeaway here. This is not, it's not your, your thing. It's not my thing, but this is, this is a means for us to have sort of a, a, a neutral playground, uh, you know, here to, to engage in. And I think that's, yes. that's huge. And people of faith are the best to lead on this issue because we have always understood that we are not given life for our own purposes, but for God's. And we have have from our faith always understood that we plant that tree of whose fruit we will never eat because someone else will be able to sit in the shade and, and eat of that fruit, right? We understand that um, our goal is, is for a, a beautiful and hopeful future for those generations that we will never even meet. And there's just nobody else who gets that like we do. Uh, this is who we are. And so we need to be leading on this because we understand that we might not see things change quickly, but our work and leadership on this is critical. That's right. That's right. And that's why I I love that, you know, quote unquote, futures in there. 
And yes. because it's like to be faithful, we have to think long term and we have to think deep time. And I th- and I think that's, you know, I, at least as a Christian, I feel very hypocritical if I'm not doing that, because that's that's what's occurring as I read the Bible <laughs> deep time. Yes. And yeah. uh, and who are we to say that? um uh, you know, may, maybe it all ends tomorrow, maybe not. Regardless, uh, like we are called to this faithfulness, and 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 we cannot do that with everything that we know without being responsible caretakers. Uh, which, as we said, ironically goes all the way back to the first page of the story for us. And so, um, yeah, that's that's crucial. Okay, I'm going to I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> but thank you so much for sharing about uh Blessed Tomorrow and One Home and One Future. And so, uh any any last words of wisdom that you wanted to impart there? I just uh I I think that I have a little post-it note on my desk that says practice hope. And uh we cannot get hope and then hang on to it and it never change, but we can get up each day and practice our faith, practice hope. Uh, and that can look so different for each of us. But when I practice hope, that provides some hope for you. And when you practice hope, it provides hope for me. And that's what we're called to be, right? People of hope. That's, Thank you. That's great, Carol. Thanks so much. So there's your personal action takeaway. Check out Blessed Tomorrow. Check out the campaign. Uh, the website and all that, all the goods will be in the show notes. And I hope that you get to connect with Carol yourself. So there we go. Thanks so much, Carol. Thanks, Caleb. May you know that you belong. You are part of God's creation, and we share this home together, and we share this future as people among a planet. So scroll down to discover more about the One Home, One Future initiative, and keep scrolling down to give us a star rating and even leave a review. Grace and peace, friends.